0: Hello, and welcome back into the Duke Wisdom podcast, Uh, recording this one late Wednesday night. Uh, So when you're listening to this, it'll be the day before the Arizona game. Like I've said, I said it on Tuesday's episode, I'm not going to be watching the Arizona game, but I do have uh, one of the Duke Wisdom Network writers, Caleb, uh, that's going to help us out with breaking down some of the key takeaways from the Arizona game. I'll be sure to sneak some some looks at it and hopefully see when Jeremy Roach crosses the 1000 point threshold and just see in general how the game's going. But I won't be watching it, but I will watch it later and I'll be breaking it down next Tuesday for for you guys. But I want to talk about a couple things before I get into the the Arizona preview, Uh, although the biggest topic for this episode will be the Arizona preview without a doubt. Uh, so last episode, I talked a lot about the, the Jaden Shute scenario because, you know, a lot of people were concerned that Shute didn't play. They thought you know, he must be in John Shire's doghouse somehow. That, why, why wasn't he playing? I speculated that there may be an injury. Never speculate. I learned that lesson. Um, that does not seem to be the case, according to the reporting of Steve Wiseman of the News and Observer. Jaden Shute intends to redshirt this season. Which, you know, seems like a very new development. I don't think that that was the train of thought for shoot at Countdown to Craziness. I don't think that was even the train of thought for the exhibition. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong about that. But that's just my my hunch. That's my gut feeling. You know, I don't believe that was their intention heading into the season. But it's where we are now. And I think it's an interesting development for him to redshirt as a sophomore. There's a couple ways that you can look at that. You can look at that is he just doesn't see where he's gonna find time on the floor this season. And so he thinks that it would be better suited if he redshirted and maintained another year of eligibility and 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 will remain at Duke. And I suppose the only pushback I have for that is with Duke's recruiting class coming in with so many, you know, similar play styles to shoot in that recruiting class. You've got so many. Wing players of similar heights that do similar jobs that shoot three pointers, essentially, you know, and some of them do it at a higher level. Um, and so it seems just like, yeah, you're sitting this out, you get another year of eligibility at Duke, but are you really seeing the floor anymore next year than you would have this season? And then you're a natural senior before you really even feel like it's possible that he's seeing the floor. The other way to look at this is the red shirt is really just a way of saying, "I don't want to lose this year of eligibility, and I'm going to transfer." Whether it's he does that mid season or he does it at the end of the season, I've always believed that there was a good chance Jaden Shute might transfer eventually. But you know, he said that's you know not not him that he's not the type to do it, but. It just feels like, you know, the odds are really pointing toward a, a transfer at some point with just how many similar players occupy the roster currently and certainly how many are going to occupy this roster come next season. I struggle to, to figure out where J- Jaden Shute comes in and all this. And so him redshirting this year was a bit of a surprise to me because the fact that he came back, I thought that he was just going to try to duke it out. Get play playing time on the court, and I honestly thought he was neck to neck with uh, with with TJ Power, but it seems like maybe maybe that that's not the case. Maybe he's not going to play as much as not that I thought he was going to play a whole lot, but I thought he'd actually maybe see some minutes in the beginning of the season. Maybe that wasn't the case, and that went into this decision. I don't want to speculate any further. Uh, I think what I've done is just laid out the. Possible, you know, options of why he redshirted it can just be because he doesn't see a path for him to see the floor this season and he doesn't want to lose a year of eligibility at Duke or it could be a vessel that leads to an eventual transfer. I think those are the two possibilities that come with this decision. I'm not going to, you know, say that one of them is the definitive truth. Obviously, we don't know that. Jaden Shute hasn't said that. And he's the one that knows. And so I don't want to speculate any further. I'm just laying out what I think are the options there and what is a a pretty intriguing development with the Duke sophomore. So moving on from Jaden shoot. today was a today Wednesday, that is, was the beginning of the early signing period. So four out of the five committed players for the class of 2024 committed to Duke uh, signed their letters of intent today. So Cooper Flagg did so, as did uh, Darren Harris and Patrick Ngongba, who are both um, high school teammates. Conk and Appel also did. uh, The only commit that did not is Isaiah Evans, and you know I talked about it Tuesday for everybody that was like Isaiah Isaiah Evans is going to jump ship. Well, you know he said he's not going anywhere. He hasn't signed the uh, letter of intent yet. I assume he will pretty soon. Um, you know, that Trilly Donovan, Thanos, and Finity Gauntlet saying one of the stones is loose. I don't think one of the stones is loose. Like, I don't think it's going to happen now if that's the case. There's so much time left and you can sign the letter of intent and you, it, it can be, you can get out of it, you know, you can get out of a letter of intent. So, you can't ever really say, especially in today's brand, that there's no chance that they lose a commitment. I mean, I certainly at this time last year wasn't thinking that Mackenzie and Baco was going to play at Indiana, but here we are, he's playing at Indiana. So, you know, you can never predict with hundred percent certainty what's going to happen just right now. What we know is we have five guys committed to Duke. Uh, four of them have now signed their letter of intent. And it seems quite possible that a sixth commit. Could join uh, that number one overall class, um, potentially nearing a decision for Vijay Edgecombe, who is has recently uh, increased to, I think, the number five player in the class by On3Sports. He's number five on the 24-7 sports composite rankings. So if you were to commit to Duke, that would give Duke two top five commitments, I think three top 11, four top 16s, five top 20s, and six top 60s. So that's big. That's big. it's a that's a heck of a class that, that John Shire has brought in. Uh, very impressive stuff. Want to join a community of Duke accounts publishing news, theories, and predictions on Duke Athletics? Join the Duke Wisdom Network. Just go to dukewisdom.org slash join network today and fill out the form with your name and social media. Or you can DM at Duke underscore wisdom on Twitter or Instagram become a part of the community of Duke fans publishing their takes today. Again, that's dukewisdom.org slash joinnetwork or DM at duke underscore wisdom on Twitter or Instagram. I just want to take a minute to shout out some of the uh, the works going on and shout out all the, uh, the people that have, you know, sacrificed their time for, with the Duke Wisdom Network, man. I, I really appreciate it and I love giving, giving fans an opportunity to become sports writers, you know, no matter what their level of expertise is, no matter how good of a writer they think they are, no matter how good of a command they think they have grammatically, I love just giving people the chance to to get their ideas out, get their thoughts out, and and, and write something and be proud of it and like seeing it out there. And I think that's what the Duke Wisdom Network is really for. Um, Sean Sean Smith just recently published his first. Article on the Duke Wisdom Network talking about looking at rotations and, and lineups for the 24-25 season and how the the freshman commits and the incoming freshman commits for next year like Cooper Flag. How do they fit into that those lineups and what what's Duke's game gonna look like for next season? So really interesting read there. Make sure you go to DukeWisdom.org and, and read that one. Uh, I also published the game article for the Duke Richmond women's basketball game. Um, yesterday, so Tuesday is when I published that, talking about that game and really highlighting the dominance of Richardson and Akananwa as they went off in Duke's opener. Duke will play Florida Gulf Coast uh, the day this comes out, Thursday, and I will hopefully be in attendance. I should be in attendance for that as well. So big things happening with the Duke Wisdom right now. Very proud of the direction it is in. Make sure you guys go read those articles and You know, send the writers love because it's really important to me to give people the opportunity to to come in and write these articles and and have a a cool little space that's that gives people the opportunity to do things that maybe they didn't think they they could. And uh, if you want to do that, make sure to go to dukewisdom.org slash join network and fill out that form, man. You know, if you don't think you can do it, you don't think you're a good writer, think again, just put pen to paper or more accurately (laughs) fingers to keyboard and, you know, chop something out. And I'm always here. I'm the editor for the site. I'm always here to help out with, with the AP style and the grammar and that kind of thing. That's the kind of tedious stuff that a journalist knows. And, you know, if you're just an everyday fan or, you know, writer and that's not your forte you know grammar that is or style that is that's fine that's what i'm here for you know that's what i'm here for i just want you to share your ideas your perspectives that kind of thing i think that's what's important and so now i'm done with my shameless plug <laughs> for Duke wisdom articles um now it's on to the the arizona preview so yeah, Duke fans, rejoice, rejoice. Caleb Love will return to Cameron Indoor Stadium for the fourth time. I know everybody's excited. Everybody's looking forward to their their favorite former Tar Heel coming into town. Uh, Caleb Love, Cameron Indoor Stadium. His freshman year, 25 points. His sophomore year, 22 points. Uh, his junior year, 12. So that's just south of 20 points per game. The Caleb Love averages in Cameron Indoor Stadium. Silver lining if you're Duke. That point value has gone down every year. Uh, the Blue Devils can only hope that he scores less than 12. I think he had 12 in Arizona's um, opener against Morgan State. So, and, and speaking of their opener against Morgan State, the Wildcats won that one by 63 points, 122 to 59. They had eight players in double figures. I mean, that's a incredibly lopsided game. Again, it's Morgan State, so you can't read but so far into a Morgan State game. But there's a lot of weapons on this Arizona team. There's a whole lot of weapons, and it really starts with Omar Balo. Uh, He's just so big and athletic and commanding as a player in the interior. It's not just him. uh, Kashad Johnson is so solid as well. So when you've got Bolo and Johnson inside and their physicality and their strength, uh, their ability to play above the rim, that's got to be a concern if you're Duke. It's really got to be a concern if you're Duke. So Christian Reeves isn't ready for, for that level of game time action, which I don't know that he is. Um, and I don't know how much Sean Stewart's going to play either. So we'll see. Um, that really leaves Ryan Young and Kyle Filipowski, and you know we're not going to bank on Ryan Young defensively. So a lot of the defensive and you know interior defense that's being shouldered by Kyle. And man, is that going to be a tough assignment for Filipowski? He's struggled to to guard a lot of driving and backdoor cuts in the exhibition and against Dartmouth. He hasn't been a bad defender necessarily. Um, But there's been certain things he struggled with as he adjusts to being the primary defender at the five, which he was not really expected to do last season because the five was being run by Derek Lively. And when it wasn't Lively, it was Ryan Young. But now he is the primary five and he's playing one of the best fives in the country in Balo. And that's going to be really difficult of a defensive assignment for Duke. I guess the the silver lining there is that he's not going to be much of a threat to put the ball on the floor, but the physicality is going to be difficult to handle. Um, and he may not be a penetration threat, but Arizona as a team certainly contains that threat because this team kind of is a little bit different than last year's Arizona team when they had Tabellus. Uh, he, he anchored down the middle and he, he with Balo a lot of interior play. You'll still obviously see that interior play. And if I was Arizona, I'd encourage it given um, and try to exploit Duke, you know, size wise and physicality wise. But this is more of a perimeter oriented Arizona team and not necessarily in, in a three point shooting type of way, more so that they have guards that can get downhill. And that also is a bit of a concern for Duke because dribble drives. You know, when they get past the guard, seem like they've had a lot of success so far uh, against the Blue Devils this, in this very, 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 very early season. Don't get me wrong. Very early. Not much of a sample size at all. Um, you know, and there's there's a concern there. Um, it's, it's perimeter oriented in these, which means that I feel like there's going to be a lot of pressure on Duke's guards. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Proctor roach mccain and foster to stay in front of their man and that is that is difficult because jeremy roach has struggled to do that at times in his career and you know i think that even dartmouth tried to exploit he and jared mccain at times size wise certainly arizona will a team that's as good as getting downhill and driving aggressively as they are they're going to attack those guards and if they can get past those guards they're going to force Kyle Filipowski to come up on him, And then, you know, then they've got dump passes to, to Bolo and Johnson. And that's going to be a really difficult task for Duke. Uh, the whole team is going to have to play aggressive defensively. They're going to have to stand their ground and play physically on defense. That is imperative for the Blue Devils. I think that is the number one X factor to this game um, is can Duke be physical enough and present enough defensively to win this game. And I think a big part of that is will Mark Mitchell play in the game? Because if Mark Mitchell's playing, that adds an extra layer of height, physicality and defensive skill set, because Mark Mitchell is probably the team's best defender. And so without Mitchell, I think Duke's going to be hard pressed to win this game hard press because I simply don't know if they can get the defensive stops. Arizona has a high powered offense and it has an offense that is designed in a lot of ways to exploit the current weaknesses of the Duke defense. That's not to say they'll be successful in doing it, but on paper, it seems like they'll present some problems. And without Mitchell, those problems are only going to be, you know, increased exponentially. So I think having Mark Mitchell on the floor is crucial. Duke wants to have him healthy and playing, and then the X factor becomes even with Mitchell. Can they hold down the fort defensively? Obviously, that is not the only factor that's going to come into this game. Duke's got to hit shots, plain and simple. You know, both teams are perimeter-oriented teams with talented big men, where Duke has the one-up. On Arizona, aside from the fact that the game is being played in Cameron and the obvious home home court advantage that comes with Cameron Indoor Stadium, is shooting. You know, ideally, Duke is a much better shooting team than Arizona. They have threats to shoot the ball from every position on the floor with Mark Mitchell, of course. Ryan Young, not a incredible three point threat, despite the uh, the tape from the summer. You know, um. But Jared McCain, he can shoot it. Proctor shoots it. Roach shoots it. Foster shoots it. Mitchell doesn't shoot a lot, but when he does, percentage is solid. Filipowski already looks like he's a, a much better shooter efficiency-wise from what we've seen from him. Heck, even Jalen Blake's off the bench. Shooter. Uh, TJ Power is a shooter. This Duke team has three-point threats at every position from everywhere and off the bench. If they're making threes, Arizona is going to have a hard time matching them. Threes are more than two. John Shires figured that out. He loves the small ball brand. That has become very apparent very quickly. Duke's X factor is can they play aggressive physical defense and can they hit threes? Those are the two things they need. Literally a three and D game plan for Duke. That is what they need to do if Duke can't find those three-pointers and they get out-aggressed, uh, I suppose, out uh <laughs> horrible choice of words by me right there, but if they, if they cannot be more physical than Arizona or at least get close to matching the physicality, and if they can't have more success as a three-point shooting team, then I expect Arizona to come in and win the game. Duke's going to have to execute in those ways to win the game. They're going to have to show that their interior defense uh, is capable of guarding a high quality big man like Balo. It's going to be a difficult assignment for Filipowski. It's going to be a difficult assignment for the guards. That's why this is the first big test. This is why this game, to me, is going to show what this Duke team is capable of in this first half of the season. We're going to see just how good, how quickly this Duke team is on Friday. Because we, you know, James Madison beat Michigan State. If Duke beats Michigan State next Tuesday, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised. And I don't think that one's going to be as telling as this game. I think the Arkansas game down the line will be telling. There's still a little bit of time before that game. And also, that's a road game. So I think there's more of a reasonable belief that that maybe it's okay if they lose that first Truro game, especially against such a good team in Arkansas. But when you're playing a home game like this, uh, man, I mean, it just feels like you should win it because Duke went 20, what, 20 years without losing a non-conference home game until Stephen F. Austin came in in 2020, or I guess in the fall of 2019 for the 2019-20 season. It feels like, you know, Duke isn't supposed to ever lose non-conference home games but this one feels like a really difficult test. And if Duke is 2 and 0 by Saturday if Duke is a 2 and 0 basketball team, we're going to know that this team means business. That they are already the real deal. That yes, they're going to develop, but they're already capable of winning at a very, very high level. And I think that is an important thing. And speaking of, you know, a high-quality non-conference home matchup, when is the last time Duke's scheduled A top 20 team, not as a um, in-season tournament or not as a Big Ten or SEC challenge game. Like when's the last time they scheduled a game like this in Cameron on their own accord? I think that's interesting. I can't off the top of my head, I can't think of it. If you can think of it, you know, leave a comment on the podcast wherever you're listening, or you know, tweet at Duke Wisdom or You know, whatever, but reach out, let me know, because I'm interested to know that You know, if you've got the answer, I'd like to know it. But I think certainly this will be a telling matchup with Arizona on Friday. A lot to look forward to and um, just can't help but smile because college basketball is back and it's it's in full swing. And we finally got a, a major matchup. It's not Dartmouth. It's not Pembroke. It's it's number 12, Arizona. And it's the real deal. So, you know, Duke fans, get ready and uh, make sure you guys are, are watching and, and, and losing your minds for me because <laughs> I'll be watching this one a little late. But again, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to like and share the podcast. Subscribe wherever you're listening. Follow at Duke underscore Wisdom on Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to the YouTube account. And thanks so much for listening, guys. I will talk to you on Tuesday.